0: We've been, we've been talking a little vision, we've been talking a little transition, we've been talking about what it means to be a New Testament church in the century we live in. I began to speak to you about the reality that there's the original version of Christianity, you know, the, the one that Jesus wanted us to, you know that one and then there's kind of the one we see a lot now i know present company excluded i get it but that being said i've been guilty of falling into the trap of that other version every now and again we've been talking about the the necessity the the call of jesus to go get the one and tuesday night we had a a, a staff meeting and some of the volunteers that lead some teams and pastor chancey said something that really just got me thinking he said you know he said you know pastor jeff the um that that one that that one that got out right the the sheep that got out of the pen he was in the pen at one time so what are we going to do to keep the one that's in the pen in the pen and I'm like, but we got to go get the one. But, true. But how can we keep the one from getting out, from going back, from drifting, wandering off? And we all know the, the big answer to that is, well, we can't control what people do. Everyone makes their own decision. We get that. We totally get that. And I'm not here to tell you to be manipulative or I'm not even suggesting that. But, but, but I am suggesting that one of the things that will make the difference in our individual lives, which will in turn make a difference in our churches, not just this one, but if you're here visiting or you're online and you're, you're watching this because you're on vacation or whatever, please know this, it will change your church, and that is the long haul. I've entitled this message today, and again, I'm not good at titles, I usually, the title is the last thing I do because, and I only do it for like the podcast and the, and, you know, the, the YouTube and stuff, but, but I've called it the long game the long game, because we can talk about going to get the one, we can talk about us changing our direction and changing what we do as a church and as individuals, how we look at the world, how we feed the hungry, and how we take care of the widows and the orphans, et cetera, et cetera. But listen, here's what you can't argue with. That is, so many times we start something with the greatest of passion and stop. Just, that's the reality of it. And as we enter into and kind of try to traverse through this new year, we've got to figure out a way that we stop doing that. Because I'm, I'm not, I, I, I'd rather die than follow mediocrity. I'm not a fan of average. And I just can't stand three steps forward and two steps back. And I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about me. I ain't even, I ain't, I ain't, you just heard me say that to me. I'm not saying that to you. you your conviction is your conviction. But, but I want you to be excited about this next season of your life. You're like, well, I mean, we're, we're in the middle of something just horrible right now. I get that. And, and I've already tried to explain I'm not downplaying that. I'm not being condescending. I'm not making light of that. But here's the thing. You're going through that. Make some decisions now for when you get through that. Amen, Jeff. That's, that's pretty good preaching. Because God's already gone before you in this year. He has. He's gone before you. And I think sometimes when it comes to, and, and I'm not even talking about resolutions because Pastor Dwayne absolutely murdered that message uh, a couple of weeks ago. Thank you again for that. I, I think I thanked you for that. I don't know how many times. But our, our hope for transformations in a new year, the problem is, is, is we're too short-term. We, 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 don't, we don't get into it. For the long game. We say we do, but, but God dropped something, in my, I ain't going to say in my spirit, but it popped into my mind, please hear this, most of us, most of us underestimate what we can do in the long term, and we overestimate what we can do in the short term. Now, now we're gonna to get to some verses, and we're this ain't a motivational speech, but I am trying to motivate you to be honest with yourself about how you're doing in the long game. The long game. We look at a short period of time and we just think we can do so much in that short term. I'm 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 man, I'm gonna read my Bible every day. I'm, I'm going to do this, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to treat my wife better. I'm going to do the dishes every day for a week. And we look at that long period of time, and we just, honestly, let's be honest. We just really hope that what we do in that short period of time just keeps going. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's just not how it works. It's just not how it works. You have to be intentional. You've got to be strategic. Amen. The trouble is... We, I mean, I'll speak for myself again. Man, I've got an incredibly short attention span. Like, incredibly short. I, I can be doing something, and I've got, to, I've got to kind of, I'll see everything through to completion most of the time. Maybe I shouldn't have said everything. I'll see most things through to completion most of the time. And when I don't, I try to get back to it. Dwayne and I were talking about this the other day, talking about, uh, reading our scriptures right and we'll be reading scriptures for our own personal growth and then and then we'll see something you know what i'm talking about tom right you've, you've preached so many times and you see something and you're like oh that's that's for the body dating i mean it was for me let's be honest okay it's for me or or probably tom but it was for one of us but but the reality is then i start chasing that rabbit And I'm not saying there's not value in what it is I'm, you know, mining out of the scriptures because because the word is the word, amen. But I I I can easily get sidetracked, and then all of a sudden I forget what it. You know what I'm talking about. And we will flat out jump the ship when we're trying to make changes in our life, good changes. You feel me? I mean, just good. We'll jump the ship as soon as it doesn't make us happy anymore. Well. That's certainly true in ministry. Let me give you just a couple of quick stats. and, And, you know, stats are what they are. But I've been in ministry most of my life, quite frankly. And these are true. The average pastor in America stays less than three years at a church. I mean, okay, God calls you somewhere, knock it out of the park. But God ain't schizophrenic. God didn't say one thing and mean another and then go, you know what? I don't think I want you to do. Listen, God puts a calling on your life. Now, he will put you wherever he wants you to do that. But you know why they stay about three years? Is because they go through their arsenal in three years. I'm I'm talking about about my, my peers now. I'm talking about. Pastor Dwayne and our peers—that's what I'm talking about now. So I'm not—I'm not—I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rag, wagging my finger at anybody. It—it it takes work to stay in it, to preach every week, and to bring something fresh to God's people. Now, we were both youth pastors at one time too, full-time youth pastors, and this stat just kind of—for youth pastors, it's two years. And I want to tell you right up front why they stop in two years. Parents, you thought I was going to say, you thought I was going to say kids. No, man, it's parents. It's straight up parents. I had no problem with kids. It's y'all. Now I'm playing. Hey, hey. that's why I got out of it quite. And then I became their pastor. So what was I thinking? I'm an idiot. Listen, how can you make an impact on your community? How can you make an impact on those around you, on your family, whatever, if you're in it for the short term, trying to make these big global changes in the short term, and then all of a sudden you decide, I don't want to do that anymore. And that's never the decision we make. The decision we make is, I mean, I'm not going to do it right now. And so I'm going to do something different. And when I do something different, you never No, I ain't going to say never. I hate when people say never and always. Generally, you don't get back to the commitment you made. So I want to talk about the long game today. I want to talk to those of you that have been in it for a long time, and I want to try to encourage you to stay in it. And for those of you that are kind of in and out, in and out, or you say you've got a faith but it's not practiced, which I get that. Again, I'm I'm not being condescending. I've been there. If you're there, so glad you're here. But the reality is you need to think about the long game and not just trying to make a decision today to let some guilt go away, okay? The long game. I like to look at it like this, and I'm talking spiritually speaking now. Five years from now, what do you want to be different in your walk with Jesus, in your faith life? What do you want to be different five years from now? And I could have said 10, I could have said two, five's easy. What do you want to be five years from now? We overestimate what we can do in the short term, and we underestimate what will happen in the long term. Are you in the book of Romans? Find chapter 13, please. I'm going to be in the New International Version today, and I want to read 11, 12, 13, 13 and 14. Now, when we read these verses, please know there's so these are so rich. There's so much in these verses. I I am going to I've already admitted my attention span is that big. I am going to try my best to not preach three messages at one time today. So I need you to pray for me that I will stay on point and talk about the long game specifically time. I want to talk about time because we can never go get the one, we can never change the direction of our lives or our church if we're not in it for the long term. Romans 13, verse 11, our Bibles say this, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to comment on that. Because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, I'm going to comment on that. I want you to notice understanding the present time. The night is nearly over. Somebody say amen right there. Your night is nearly over. But what he's talking about here is periods of time. Yeah, yeah, periods of time. So the night is nearly over and the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness, and put on the armor of light. And then he starts going in pretty hard. He says, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. And, and all of the, each one of those things is a message. But that's not the heart of what I'm trying to talk to is about. Verse 14, rather, rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Pause. Now, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. It was hard for me to make anything work after that last verse in terms of preparing a message because that's the message. What I mean is, there's nothing really more I can say. How, how, how do you go in for the long game and sustain yourself in the long game? Um, do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So basically, I could say, thanks, have a great day. And you guys would be like, is he okay? Because he usually talks more than that. But that's how you, that's how you do it. How does the long game turn into the short game? How does the long term turn into the short term? Because we want to gratify the desires of, right though? Listen, I'm no genius. But we gotta be on. that makes sense. Am I right? That, that's how, you might, you might be thinking about your diet. You, was that an amen or an oh me? I wasn't sure what happened right there, but somebody groaned, groaning in the spirit, John, right? Could be a diet. Could be your commitment to, Your family, how you treat your spouse, how you raise your kids, how you are on the job. I mean, sure, they say I got to be there at eight. Now You get what I'm saying, right? So so I, I could put a period on this now and you all would come to the altar and I'd feel good about myself. But let's keep talking for a second. I want you to consider from a biblical perspective where we would be in our life. Where would you be right now, from a biblical perspective, but in every area, whether it's spiritual, natural, family, whatever it is, financially, what would happen if you established a long game instead of freaking out over something and belling The moment when we tried to cram a lifetime of growth into January. a lifetime of walking with Jesus, a lifetime of becoming a better husband, a lifetime of becoming a better mom. And we turn it into a Bible study. Hmm. Can you imagine? And again, I'm just using five years as a, as a mile marker for my mind. Think of what you could do in five years if you actually stayed with it. You know, you could become fluent in another language. You could get a degree. Now now I wish the teens were up here. (laughs) You could learn a new skill. I could teach you to play guitar, and Dwayne could teach you to play drums. You could start a band and hit the road. I dream big. I get it. I get it. How about this? You know you could be healthier? You know you could own a house and be in it long enough to sell it, make some money, put it in a bank? I'm just being practical today. You know? You know you could be a better citizen, you could be a better, better church member, you know, you could be a better follower of Christ. But you have to stay with it. And 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 not just not just as a pastor, but But just as a a guy who just cares about people, few things pain me more than people that come in and make a giant commitment. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scolding anyone. But they come in and they make a giant commitment, and they're like, "So what happened to? Where did? Oh man, I mean, they're doing their own thing now. But that never worked for them up to this point. But we overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate the value of the long term. You know, most Christ followers, and I, and I know we're the church. Please don't misunderstand me. God doesn't take attendance. You, you've heard me say all these things, and I mean it, but I need you. I'm going to say it again because you guys don't care, apparently, I need this section right over here. I need Wayne, I need Alan, I need, I need these guys over here. You guys, not so much now. But you guys, we need each other. <laughs> Amen, we need, we need each other. Most Christ followers, they, they attend a house of worship, a community, whatever that looks like to you, in a home, whatever that looks like, once a month, 50% twice. Why? Why? And and we all have our reasons. And I'm not talking about if you're hindered because of work. And listen, God don't take attendance. But why do we think we can do this on our own? I I find it interesting that five to ten percent of all churchgoers participate with their resources in their local church. This none of this happens by magic. I mean, I don't come in and like, and everything's, I don't, that's not how it works. But the problem is, is we get into it, and then we decide we want to gratify the desires of our flesh. All right, let's, I need to move on, because you're looking at me weird now. I wonder, I wonder how different life would be spiritually if we gathered together with God's people, made a commitment, stuck with the commitment, was in the long game for service and sacrifice. You get the idea for an uninterrupted period of time, as much as we could, barring sickness, whatever, I wonder what would happen. Levi Lusko, he's a pastor out west, he said this, and it stuck with me. I quote him, he said, the ways you let in become the ways you are set in. The ways you let in. Apathy. Cynicism. Inconsistency. lack of empathy, the ways you let in become the ways you are set in. Are you with me? And we all have ways. We all have our ways. You say, well, I don't have ways. You totally have ways. Uh, Your ways are how you react. Your ways are how you speak. Your ways are when you choose to, like, insert yourself somewhere where you should not have inserted yourself. When you choose to not insert yourself when you should have. Our ways are what we accept and what we decline. That's our ways. And here's what you've got to understand. You're set in yours and I'm set in mine. I want to be set in His. That's a totally different mindset. And the way I get out of my ways and get more into the ways of Jesus Christ is I have to get in the rhythm of His word and His way until now it becomes my way and that doesn't take an hour it takes a lifetime it takes a lifetime your ways are your passions your ways are your spending your ways are the text messages speak of your ways ways you let in are the ways you're set in and I understand that it's tough because it's a it's a it's a cultural thing it's a family thing a lot of things were modeled to us right and our parents did one thing, right? You with me? And so it, we kind of take these things on. We, we saw their ways and they became our ways and we adopted that. because we, we adopted the way we are many times because of the way mom handled conflict or the way dad spent money or didn't spend money. The ways you let in will be the ways you're set in. Sometimes people speak... Um, painfully and, and, and even being derogatory about people that are just going through the motions. You know what I'm talking about? Let me, let, me, let me ease some pain for you and some guilt for you. Going through the motions is only a problem if you're going in the wrong direction. Because sometimes you have to go through the motions to find your rhythm of what it is you're supposed to be doing after the commitment's made. You feel me? So it's very important. You go through the motions... You go through the motions, even if you, you're not even sure why you're doing what you're doing, other than, well, this is what God said. I have so many examples, me and my beautiful wife, Kim. I have so many examples of when I would just look at her, and I'm like, babe, I don't understand this. I don't know why God, this, God said this to me, and she's like, okay, I'm going to let you know right now. I hate it, uh, but we're going to do it because I trust you. I trust the Lord, and we would go forward, and we always figured out what that was. But it was the long game. It was the long game. It was time in prayer. It was time of going through the motions of what you knew God wanted you to do and become. So let's stop wagging our finger at the folks that are going through the motions. Let's just try to keep the one in the right direction while they're going through the motions. Somebody say amen right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because listen, everybody ain't on their A game. I wasn't on my A game when I walked in here today. I wasn't. And we had so many technical issues today. (laughs) Praise Jesus anyway. I did not say that. No, I did not say that. But you know what? I knew at 10 o'clock, if I stood up here with a bullhorn and acoustic guitar and my dude pulled out some bongos, we're doing this thing. Because he told me, that, I don't understand why things happen. I don't understand why that happened. And here's the crazy thing. At one point, everything in this room went, Whoa! I mean, it just went berserk. Am I right? Berserk. My ears are still ringing because I had my ears in. Still ringing because they just lit up. Then it stopped. The whole production team, they're on it. They're they are they're chasing wire. No idea why. No idea why it happened. <laughs> didn't matter didn't matter because listen the devil loses when we stay in the long game i don't have to understand things i don't have to get it i don't, i might not can explain it it doesn't matter if you're in the long game i want us to look at three things and i will let you go i know some of you are watching the your weather app right now we're good We're good. It's in Miami Valley. It'll be 80 this afternoon. (laughs) Uh, I ain't totally wrong. I want to see what Scripture says about playing the long game in your life for your family, for you, for your faith. What will you be? Where will you be in five years? And the reason I want to talk about this, number one, if you're taking notes, please write this down. Time is not necessarily on your side time is not necessarily on your side. Now, I I need to throw a warning out here, Um, not necessarily a parental discretion advised, but if you are prone to depression, I'm about to take you on the brink of it right now. Hopefully, I'll bring you back. If I don't, man, call Dwayne, and he'll come visit you and pray with you. Time is not necessarily on your side. Twice in our text... Paul brought this concept of time up. Notice on the screen behind me, verse 11, and in verse 12, he says, and do this understanding the present time. So you gotta know where you're at, you gotta know what's happening, you gotta know what's right now in your life, where you're at, where you wanna go, you get it, right? So, so that's right now. Then in verse 12, he says, another concept of time, he says, the, the night is nearly over and, and the day's almost here. So, so he's also trying to express to us, understand the present time, but you're going through that and the sun's coming up again. It's a new day. And again, I'll I'll refer back to Pastor Dwayne's message that was so powerful. His mercies are new. How often? Every day. Every day, his mercies are new. Grace is available. So what Paul is trying to get us to see here is that time's not necessarily on your side. So you got to stay in it. You got to stay in it. He said that he doesn't want us to lose track of the time. He wants us to be aware of the time. He he, he wants us to notice these things. He said the night's over, but the dawn is about to break. Don't get so discouraged that you refer back to the desires of the flesh. Do you see where this all goes? You you go back to the desires of the flesh because you're like, you know what? This ain't worth it anymore. I I, I, I was was going to to do this and I was going to do that, but man, the, the devil just keeps coming at me and the devil's this and the devil's that. Okay, maybe, but God, I mean, there's just, I don't know why it's like it is for you. I don't know why it's like it is for me. Miss Kim and I woke up this morning. She's in the shower. Our water stopped working. I mean, I ain't whining about it. I mean, it'll get fixed. I know a lot of people, John. Here's the thing. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot you were a plumber. My bad. No, no, sis. I'm totally joking. Totally joking. It's it's our pump. It's our pump switch. We're good. Here's the thing. Sunday morning. No, you're not, you didn't even you didn't even feel you didn't even feel the weight of what I'm saying, because I'm I'm in my chair. I'm going over my notes. Oh my God, what do you want, Jeff? Huh! Oh! we don't have any water. We got water. We got a well full of, we have a well. We got a well full of water. (sighs) Okay, we don't have water. Sweet, 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 (laughs) sweet. And and you know how it works, right? Blink. Okay. Well, time's not on my side, so I can't fix this now. But my wife kind of needs some water. And every Sunday, all of our family comes over and has dinner. Guess what you ain't doing today, family? I mean, I, I'm thinking Ryan or Corey should clearly come and replace that for me. Bless the Lord. God will bless. See, what, what Paul is trying to tell us here with, with understand the present time and understand the evening and the dawn and all that, that poetic language that he uses, he just, he just wants you and I, he just wants us to try to wrap our mind around the timing of things. Do you think... I didn't chuckle when I got in my truck and was on my way here that that happened at our house. I get here, all all hell's breaking loose here. You think I'm not, this ain't my first rodeo, Satan. How many times did we text each other this week and saying, hey, have I told you I hate the devil? Have I told you that? Because it's like bam, 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 bam. I'm like, I get this, it's Sunday morning, let's go. Because I'm in it for the long game. I'm in it for the long game. I didn't say I liked it. I hated it. But God wants us to understand the timing of things. There's two Greek words in the scripture. I say it every time I say Greek word because I'm not a Greek scholar. I don't know English, don't know Greek, okay? Here's the reality. I read a lot, I study a lot. So here's the thing, two words for time in your Bible. One is kronos, the other is Kairos. you know that. Kronos is a generic time. Hey, what time is it? When you see that word there, that just means someone's referring to time. But then there's kairos. Kairos is an interesting word, and it's kind of what's in our text. It's a specific time. In other words, if you wanted to know when your flight leaves, that's not a chronos time. Because it ain't whenever. No. It's like it leaves the gate at X time, and if you're not there, it leaves without you. You will miss Please get this. You'll miss the moment if you don't understand the timing of things. And it will leave and it will take off into the wild blue yonder and you're standing there with your little pull along and you're going, but I was close. Close don't get it. Close is Kronos. Close is just, kink, kink, you just shoot at something and hopefully you hit the target. No, no, no. It's not a generic, it's specific. He's wanting us to understand. This is why he said the night is nearly over and the day is almost here. You need to understand the timing of things. You need to understand the timing of things. And the timing is not always what we think it is. So you got to look at your own personal growth. I got to look at my own personal growth. I got to look at where I want to be and the changes I've made to get there. Are you still with me? He's talking here about the end of life, of course, which by the way, it's hurtling towards all of us at a breakneck speed. You, you hold your head up. It's okay. It's, I know you slumped a little when I said that. It's all good. David put it this way in Psalm 39, verse 5. He said, you may have made my days, you have made my days a mere hand or in other words, the width of your hand, God. I don't know how big God's hands are. What he's saying is there's a beginning and there's an end. You've made my days a mere handbreadth, and the span of my years is nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. I think we all have experienced the pain of losing someone. But do we understand the time that that's also going to come to us too? Why? Because time is not necessarily on my side. And not just because I'm older than most of you. Time is not on my side because it just isn't. Because there's a start date and an end date. On my tombstone, it's going to say, here lies Flash. It's 1962, June 27th, and then there's a date down here. Hopefully, it's way far down the line. What matters is that dash in the middle. That dash in the middle is the long game. That's the long game. I don't care if it was a week from now. I'm still in the long game, and what matters to me for my life and for your life because I love you is the long game, the dash, the hyphen. Care about that and understand the time. Are you still with me? And I'm sorry that it just kind of got real, but think about it. We buy things, we do things, and none of those things are bad. Please don't mishear me. I love buying things. My love language is gifts. Jot that down. I'll wait. (laughs) double-clicking stuff all day long on our computers. That's not bad. But just before you know it, it's all going to vanish into thin air. And can I tell you that none of that stuff's going to matter. You'll not be on this earth anymore, and I won't either. Please just tell me you're still glad you came to church. Actually, don't answer until I read the next passage, and then I'll ask you again. He also wrote, David also wrote in Psalm 90, verse 10 and verse 12. Our days may come to 70 years. Holy junk. And look, I just told you that start date. Our days may come to 70 years or 80. Doesn't make me feel better. If our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Hallelujah. Come on now. Well, Stay with me because I, I, get, I get it. Well, welcome to the... Body dating, where we strive to encourage and uplift. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them, the best of our days, the best of our days, our trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Teach us the number our days. There's that time. There's that understanding. Teach us the number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom, the long game. And the longer you live, the faster it goes. Am I right, though? Hey, can somebody, because some of my peers go, mm-hmm, Wow. Time's not on our side. Aristotle said this, we should measure time in heartbeats. Yeah, I want to do that. Meaning every time my heart beats, it's a gift. Every time my heart beats, it's a gift. And what I understand now as I grow a little older and walk with the Lord a little longer and do life with people I love. I'm not guaranteed it's going to beat again. First Peter chapter 1, we'll go to the New Testament for your New Testament folks. First Peter 1, 24 said, all people are like grass and all the glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. We, we get that. But listen, all, all, of our, all of our beauty, all of our buildings, all of our bridges, everything that we do, our infrastructure, we, we put our name on stuff. And we want to see our name in lights. And I get that. And those aren't bad things. But we, we, we want to start this company, start this business, whatever it is. And then we look at every accomplishment. And yet we still, we can still lay up at night looking up at the dark ceiling, wrestling. With whatever's going on inside of us, you know, we—I we, we, get the opportunity to teach kids throughout the week, or babysit kids, whatever it looks like. And I read a couple things by Caesar and by Napoleon this week, even the founding fathers of the United States. they're—they're all great in their own way, I'm sure. But—but—but—but but, but, but if you look at it again, they're dead. did. See, time wasn't necessarily on their side. And so today we have a choice. We can play the short game and kind of give in to the desires of our flesh or we can play the long game and clothe ourselves in Jesus Christ and work on the commitments that he's convicted us with. Tell me you're still with me. Number two, if you're taking notes, time's not necessarily on our side, but the future you is just an exaggerated version of current you. Why do you need to understand the time? Why do you need to understand the long game? Why do you and I need to really wrap our mind around why we're here, what we're gonna do? Because here's reality what you are going down the road is whatever you are right now if changes aren't made. It's just amplified and exaggerated. Alan, say amen so I can move on. Thank you. (laughs) Listen, we think about the future kind of romantically, don't we? I mean, we really do. We romanticize the future, but the fact is, if we don't get serious about the long game, five-year me, 10-year me, 15-year me, it's just me with more miles on the odometer. That's all it is. If I'm not ready to make the change, and I don't know about you, but there's things about me I want to change. That God wants to change. So I've got to do it. I've got to do the work. And it's not for a week. It's the long game. Why is that the case? Because as time goes by, things deepen. We talked about being set in our ways, right? right? As we get older, as time goes on, things deepen. Things get set in a little harder. They mature. If you're generous today, you're going to be more generous down the road. You just will. Now, here's what I need to throw a caveat in here because I also understand that things happen that can jade us and scar us. Please please understand, I get that. But those are one-offs. Those are just exits. And then we get back on the road we're going down. I understand you have, and I have things that happen where you feel like you're on the ropes. I totally get that, totally get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you just keep moving how you're moving, and if I keep moving how I'm moving, It's just going to be an amplified version of me right now. I don't want that. I want to be better. I want to be better. For the kingdom of God, I want to be better. If I'm kind today, I'll be kind tomorrow. If you're negative today, guess what? You're going to be negative tomorrow. Oh, you're going to say I'm not going to be negative anymore. And you'll go for the short game, and you'll get you a little thing where you flip over an a, a, a affirmation saying, and you're going to keep saying it to yourself. But listen, you'll, then you'll hate yourself by the time you get to the stop sign. You've got to do something more than that. It's the long game, not the short game. The long, if you're harsh today, you're going to be harsh tomorrow. If you're arrogant today, you're going to be arrogant. But if you're disciplined today, guess what? Yeah, you know. Because they deepen. They deepen. Because what I'm trying to get us to see, and, I, and I, time doesn't change who you are, it reveals who you are. It doesn't change who you are, it reveals who you are. You like that? That. That's great. I mean, different choices is what will change you, Jeff. I, I believe I'm going to need a verse for that. Well, I, I okay, all right. I got three. Book of Proverbs puts it this way. Solomon wrote, speaking about seeking good in Proverbs eleven twenty seven. Whoever seeks good, in other words, looks for good in people, looks for good in others. Come, come on, say amen because I, I, we're, the church is judgmental. Can I get an amen right there? We're guilty. We're guilty. We're guilty. I know that's hard to, to, to own, but look, at, we're guilty. We're, whoever seeks good in others, the Lord, in the church, w- whatever, whoever seeks good finds favor. If you live with a faith, optimism. I'm not talking about unrealistic expectations and unrealistic optimism. Nobody's glass is always half full. I'd like to think mine is close. It isn't. But the reality is this. If you seek the good, your Bible says you will find favor. If you don't want favor, well, carry on with your bad self. I do. I do. I need favor. Amen. But then he kind of flips the script and says about the bad, he says, but evil comes to those who search for it. You're like, well, okay, well, whew, that was close, Joe, because I ain't searching for evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can be by what you see, by the thoughts you get in your mind when you see somebody on the corner with a sign of a different color. Yeah, we're, we're searching for it because... The ways we let in are the ways we're set in. And I would suggest, not asking for a show of hands, sometimes when some of those thoughts come into our mind, we hate that we did. We hate that it happened. When you come in and you're automatically negative about your spouse, you, know, you might not even know what they've done all day. Or you might. But how about you seek the good? Good. Just a suggestion. This is a little mini marriage conference. You're welcome. What if you sought the good? You might find favor. If we're the first to find the problem in every situation, the first to see faults, we will not have favor. Then Proverbs twenty six twenty seven says, "I love this. I just love this verse. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. This is this is a, if someone rolls a stone, it'll roll back on them. What is what are you talking about here? It's kind of a it's kind of a Poetic little hunting, if you will, uh, um, um, prose. It's kind of a little verse. It says, if you dig a pit to catch someone else, to catch a creature, to catch an animal, if you dig a pit, you're going to fall in it. And if you try to roll a stone on something to wound them, to kill them, you're squashed. So do you think it makes a difference in how you approach current you? Because future you, future me, is just an exaggerated version of present me, present you. So, so are you now, are you saying, you know what? I dig some pits. I dig some holes. I, 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 I have to position myself and strategize my way so that I have an advantage. So you know what? I could probably move this over here and make it easier for this person But if I do that, they'll get ahead of me. So you dig the pit, you'll fall in it. Roll the stone, it'll roll back on you. I hope you're with me today. If you've got a critical spirit or just a wounded nature, if you're rushing around to just call out judgment on everybody else, guess what? You'll fall into the pit you dug. I didn't say it. Solomon did. He was the wisest man to walk the planet other than Jesus. But again, for you New Testament folks, in Galatians 6, and this is where we all go, oh, that's what that means. Galatians 6, 6, 7, and 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. In in other words, you keep sowing what you're sowing, it's just going to be an exaggerated version of... Verse 8 says, Whoever sows to please their flesh... See where it dovetails in? The desires of, okay, yeah. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So here's the question of the day which one do you want? Again, I'm a simple, simple man. But there's some good news. There's some good news, and that is if you don't like what you're getting, change what you're doing. might be a book title someday. Yeah. Because the future is not going to change you. It just won't. You make the decision to get changed now. You make your mind up. Completely surrender to Jesus Christ and, 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 and the one true God, and you surrender to that. He's already told you what you need to change. But you can't think it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday or 30 minutes a day. Nobody goes to the gym, works out like a beast, and goes, Well, that's that. <laughs> Nobody does that, church. Nobody does that. And we get that in the natural. We so get that in the natural. But do you understand that template lays across us in the spiritual as well? It's the long game. Let let me me wrap this up. Let me me give you one more. Can I give you one more? And and then then we're going to go home. Time is not necessarily on your side. Future you is an exaggerated version of current you. Long-term consistency is more important than short-term intensity. Long-term consistency. See, even if you stumble, whoops, ah, you get up and you keep going, right? Because long-term consistency is way more important than short-term intensity. But that's what we do, short blasts, short blasts. <clears throat> Literally, we do it in almost every area of our life. And, and, and I say it with a smirk because I'm guilty of it. And I want you to just feel the weight of this for a second, I, I thought about how I wanted you to respond to this message, and, and, and I know it's up to God, please, but if, if you've ever taught or, or, or preached or whatever, you kind of know what you want the folks to leave with, right? And that's what I'm talking about. I thought about how I wanted, that, how I wanted you to respond, and, and, and I want you to respond with, with, a, with a measured determination. I, I, I don't expect today. If God does it, let's go. I'm ready. I got all day. I got nowhere to be, and we have water here. It's called a callback. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, measure determination. I don't expect everybody to pile out of their seats and come and lament to the Lord because I'm giving you something you need to think about. You really do. So my goal is not to move you. My goal is to motivate you to move. So when I thought about What's the takeaway? And I know I've given some quips and some one, I get it. But I want, I want you to receive this with a measured determination. You know what? That dash in between those two dates, that's a lifetime commitment starting today. Starting January 23rd, 2022, today, I'm signing up for the long game. And daggone it, I, I ain't got this completely right yet, but I, I'm going to keep making progress. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to bail. I'm not asking you to start coming up with a way, a list of ways to change. It's not what I'm doing. God, listen, I have enough confidence in my creator that he's already given you, and he's probably wrestled you to the ground a few times on it. And we go in for the short game, and when it doesn't work, well, I must have misheard God. No, we must have quit. I'm not asking you to come up with a list. I'm asking you to take that one thing that he's talking to you about right now and have a measured determination. Amen. Now, why is long-term consistency, why is it more important than short-term intensity? Because ongoing, steady, measured consistency allows you and I to tap into why we exist instead of just making a quick change because somebody needs you to change or wants you to change. It changes the way you approach change. And we've got to have an understanding of the time. We have to have an understanding of where we are. Uh, one of the most powerful forces in the universe is compound interest. In fact, Albert Einstein said compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. If you understand it, you earn it. If you don't, you pay it. See, whether you're earning 20% or paying 20%, it doesn't change. I'm asking you to have a measured determination because you keep going and I keep going the way we're going, it's just going to compound. Is there anything, is there anything that you can make a change today for the long haul, for the long term? See, 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 I get how it works. We want to be over there. I get it. And we want to jump from here to there. This is not how it works. You journey from here to there. One foot in front of the other. The, The church can never change directions if we're not all moving. Because what happens when when, when, when that happens and God gives a vision or whatever and, and, it, and a church makes a decision, and I ain't saying we got a, a ton of stuff on the docket to change. I'm, I'm saying I want, God to, I want God to move us. I want fresh vision. And when that happens, if someone's in it for the short game, they don't understand. And it's like, man, I can't believe you did that. I mean, I, uh, sh- sure, I can't tell you what's wrong with it. But see, I'm not ready to go in for the long Game, It's step after step. You can't jump from here to there without going through the middle. That's why the smallest decisions, compound interest, adds up. I'll I'll, I'll close with this illustration. Kim said I couldn't say it involved her, so I'm not going to tell you that. One day, I'm in Kim's bathroom. We have separate bathrooms. If you know me, you know why. We have separate bathrooms. and <clears throat> So, I was in her bathroom, <clears throat> and I seen this thing that she uses every morning. Ladies, I'm, I'm talking to you right now. I'm your, I'm your favorite preacher right now because I, I understand this now. And it, it had this thing on it that said, SPF whatever it was. And she's like, and I'm like, well, uh, we're in the 937. The sun ain't shining 47 days. You don't even need SPF whatever. She's like, I wear this. <laughs> Somebody said, yes, you do. I, whatever. I'm telling you, I just learned something. Go with me. I'm making an illustration. She said, oh, yeah, I wear this every day. You got to wear this every day. I mean, you to wear it every day. She's like, no, you got to wear it every day. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm winning this one in jest ladies, in jest, now you're mad at me again. In jest, I'm like, I'm winning this one. So I do this deep dive on on SPF and skin care. Like I clearly do nothing for that, but we're going in on it and I'll be (laughs) dadgummed. Let me read this to you. (sighs) There was a study done in Australia about the effects of sunscreen on aging. True story. It took 900 people. I'm reading it because I don't want to give you misinformation. The average age was 39. And they split them up into groups. One group was told to wear a high-powered SPF sunscreen whenever it was sunny, going to the beach, whatever you're doing, go driving with the top down, whatever, put some sunscreen on. The other group was told every day put on SPF 15, but do it every day. Not going outside all day, not a problem. Going to Alaska, doesn't matter. Sun ain't going to shine for three months, whatever. Just wear it anyway. So they did that. For four and a half years, they did this study. Every day, picture, 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 picture. (laughs) After four and a half years, they, they took the final picture. I'm telling you, two things. One, Kim's right. That's the most important thing I've said all day. But the scientists showed the folks who used it every day, a little bit every day, they were better. They hadn't aged. They hadn't gone backwards the ones that slathered it on with intensity for the short game It actually harmed their skin. I, I read that, and I was knowing I was just trying to be cute and, and was just going to aggravate Kim with it, but what, what, what dawned on me is what's true of your skin is also true of your soul. I I want you to leave here with a measured determination of commitment. That's my ask. That's my ask. Not the short term. Not the intensity of the burst out of the gate. One decision after another. As God leads, becoming a better you, as he moves you. That's my ask. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I I know I have my own choices and decisions I need to make. And the changes you want to make in me, I know that. I know it, I know it, I know it. But God, for accountability reasons, I, I stand before my friends, my family, my church, And I say, I'm in this for the long game. So I commit to you, Lord Jesus, and I commit to these people that it's gonna be one step in front of the other for the entire length of that dash. So that my legacy's different. So that my family's better. So that your kingdom is increased. Father, my my prayer hasn't changed all week long. It's please speak to your people about what the long game means to them. That's my prayer, and I trust you with it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for your attention, your patience. We love you. Be safe driving home. Wednesday at 7 p.m., go on our Facebook page. We'll be doing a Bible study there every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We love you. Until next Sunday, thank you.